You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Making Waves. Well, well, here we are making waves and we're all, we all, well, we all have different backgrounds and um, speaking of a different kind of background, our guest today is uh, John Cooper of the multi-platinum band Skillet. John, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, man. Hello, Absolutely, John. brother. Yes, thank you. And again, this is a rarity because it is a, a, well, it doesn't matter what day it is. It's just a rarity to do a show this early in a day. Hence, the sun is still up. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. I am, I'm excited to talk to y'all. I'm excited about coming out on my first ship rocked cruise as well, which is cool. Yeah. So you guys, are, are, you guys that put out Dominion, which is your latest album that came out early in the year. Are you guys still on a tour track for that? Or are you done for the year? We are done for the year, uh, but but we are still going to be touring the album, of course, mm-hmm. in, in 23. So we're, we've actually only kind of really just really begun to tour the album because you know obviously the world is kind of opening up in different paces and whatnot so mm-hmm. we we did go to europe but it was m- mostly like makeup dates for um festivals and things like that so sure. yeah so a lot of the touring is we've only just begun we've only yet just begun to tour dominion and i look forward to a kicking off early 23 with you guys got it that sounds like a song somewhere I've heard before. Yes, yeah, um, there's some something <laughs> important. <laughs> so we'll, we'll flash forward to that real quick. So, and you guys are going out in 23, uh, the Resurrection Rock Resurrection Tour with uh, Theory of a Dead Man and Saint Sonia, uh, both friends of ours. So, uh, good luck. That's a great package, by the way. That's going to give people a lot of entertainment value. Killer package, right? I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's difficult to find um, people that are that are open at the same time um, that haven't just toured the same, the market that you need, that you need to go back to, or that has a new album dropping, or maybe they're not recording their new record and people that are making killer music. Um, and then you have the final piece. You always hope to get along, to get along with the people you tour with, but sometimes you don't, it's just the way it is, you know? So you know, we're going on tour with people uh, that we know and we've been on tour with before and it's great coming back to family. I mean, as cheesy as that sounds, I'll tell you what, you get on the road for two months with people that you don't love being with and it can seem like a chore. I mean, it's just the way yeah. it is, you know? So we're with people that are awesome bands, but awesome people and uh, it's just going to be great. So uh, very excited. It's funny you mentioned that because I always look at some of these bills that I see going out and I'm like, it kind of makes sense in a marketing aspect and they kind of similar and they share the audience, but I'm like, then you kind of realize they're really just do it because quite honestly, they get along. 
And that's the most important aspect when you're, what, three, four months out slogging away. It's a Tuesday in Peoria and you're just, you know, you want to still not be tired of looking at them. Yeah, I mean, it might sound a little uh, selfish, a little self-serving, but I, I, I like it when, when tours have the same vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say tours. I mean, the bands on a tour have, I, I'm all for different diversity in the music, but in terms of uh, of the vibe. And I've always found, I mean, Skillet typically gets along with, I mean, we don't have any bands that I can remember never like getting along with, but the tours that are memorable are these ones when it, people go, man, it was so positive. And, th- and th- I have had that with my good friends in Shinedown or um, Stone Sour and and Hailstorm. So, so many good friends. And so um, this is also cool for me personally, just to share a personal story that some people may find interesting. So, you know, Adam, the singer for St. Uh, Sonia, of course, was the singer for Three Days Grace. Three Days Grace was one of the first bands uh, that ever took Skillet on tour. And so there's this nostalgic thing of a band that treated you well and a band that gave you a chance when other bands wouldn't give you a chance. And to be back together again, that was the last time we toured together. So that was 2007 or, or, or maybe 2008. I can't quite remember. That's a long time ago. And now we get to be back on the road together. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's cool to, it's cool to, to think about those things and, and to be back together again. It's funny you mention that because it's the world's smallest, largest business. Yes. Right? <laughs> we all cross paths again at some point. So that's, that's interesting. Um, one of the things I was, I was kind of looking back at what you guys have been doing. Can you tell us about this, uh, the air base or the military base uh, tour you guys are doing? Oh, absolutely. And what, and what prompted that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we just did our first sort of uh, Air Force tour, and um, it's 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 so cool. I mean, honestly, I I could I could talk about it for ages, but I'll I'll keep it short so I don't bore everybody to death. But it's so cool because um, it's closed events, uh, meaning that it's for you know the families, of course, the airmen and their families that live on the base. Or people who um, have served, they can also come, but it's not open to the general public. So it's almost like they do an event that is something special because a lot of people don't know that you know these people live on this base together, and so they have they have kids. Their their kids grow up in this sort of um, it's sort of like a city within the city. A lot of people don't know that, and that's why I'm saying it. If you do, sorry to tell you obvious things, but a lot of people don't know that they have their own schools. They have their own Arby's, all right? They have their own whatever, and they're there, and this is so hard on these families, and the reason I got passionate about this is because you know a lot of um, military service members love rock music, and they come to the shows, and I've met hundreds of military folks who say, dude, you have no idea what your music does for the people that serve or for our families. And as I got to talking to these people and find out how hard this is, not just on the people that serve, but this is a family thing. I mean, their their whole family is given to this. I just thought, man, I want to do something to give back. I want to do something to say thank you to these people. And uh, if, if people don't mind me preaching for one small moment, I believe, and I know not everybody shares this belief, I think America is the best country on the planet Earth. I think this is a wonderful place to live. And when I look at, at these people that lay down their lives for us, they lay down their lives for people they do not know. And they even lay down their lives for people 
that might not even love the country. It is a huge sacrifice. I just think really highly of these people. So I said, what can we do to give back? And so we go and we do these events and it's just for the people at, you know, that serve and their families. And it might be small. There may only be four or 500 people that come and we just have a huge party together and it's huge fun. And they get their kids there. And so there's all these families, five, seven, eight-year-old kids getting to go to a rock show with their parents. That I don't know. It's nostalgic. It's family. I could go on and on about it, but it really is an honor for us to do it. And so um, we're going to be doing more events like that, which I look forward to. Well, thank you for saying that. And amen to everything you just yeah, said. I, I, I just asked because I, I grew up a military brat. I, I lived on those same bases. But ah. back in my day, back in my day, it was like marching bands, right? You were lucky uh, to get <laughs> yeah. anything. So yeah. they, the fact now that they've kind of caught up and were these all domestic bases or were you doing things over overseas or but were you, mm. were you in forward places like, you know, like down in the middle East, where was this at? Yes. Okay. This was all domestic. Now okay. the first time that we were going to do it, um, we were scheduled actually to go to Afghanistan several years ago. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it was still, there was still when some of the, the, the stuff was still happening and it got pulled at the last minute because of some events that actually happened. They said, okay, wait a minute. Some, it got dangerous. And so they said, we're holding this for another time. And then it, you know how t tour life goes, you end up releasing a record and you're touring. And before you know it, it's been four years. Then we scheduled our first overseas event again. And then um, COVID hit <laughs> and so mm. everything shut down. And so um, this was our first event. We've never done anything overseas, but I do plan to, I do hope, I, I shouldn't say I plan to, I hope to, there's nothing in the works, but there are things in the works to do more domestically. And my hope is that we will do some overseas. Yeah. I, I just uh, speaking, frankly, I, I thought it'd be kind of, interesting too for a, a, a you know christian-minded man <laughs> to go down to afghanistan which is heavily muslim and i you know one thing for there's one thing to be a rock band and one thing to be a rock band with christian overtones <laughs> right. definitely they'd be like eh, okay well maybe you guys should stay home for a while on this one yeah. <laughs> um, keep it on the dl <laughs> you know then just to add to those playing this basis is also a great opportunity let's not get ourselves i mean apis is such a, a tremendous thing you know that's apis is like the target for all the military bases right it's just this great place where you can go and establish relationships for the band and for your albums and for your music so yeah it's good stuff yeah i mean there definitely is a a mutual uh relationship there as well mm -hmm. and and i think it's especially um i think it's especially uh, beneficial might be the word it means something special to me because i'm also a very big believer in families and, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of think that um, not to get too deep into something, into political philosophy or whatever, but I tend to think that that strong families make for a good city. Strong families make for a good community. And, and it makes you think not so individualistically, but you begin to think of yourself as a part of a community, which I think is good for everybody. And so it's also beneficial because when you do these events, um, you're you're promoting something to to the family that families can do together, and so there is. I mean, just to say, there is a mutual bene, uh, beneficial relationship because Skillet is a very popular band for young people, and frankly, because Skillet's a band that 
that a lot of parents don't mind their kids listening to because we don't cuss in our songs and things like that. Sure. So there's a, there, uh, certainly there's a benefit to it because we, there's a lot of people out there that frankly would like our music and we make new fans and things like that. So there, there certainly is that aspect, but I really love the family the family dynamic of it. I think that strong families make for a strong community and they make for people, frankly, that aren't so depressed and so saddened and so lonely and so given towards suicidal tendencies and suicidal thoughts, you know? So I'm a big, I just, I love family. It's two it's points. A, you hit. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was going to say two quick points. A, suicidal tendencies is going to be on the boat with you. Uh, and secondly, <laughs> Uh, secondly, you hit upon something that we're going to talk about here in, the, in a little bit later in the segment is the family ideal with Shiprock is you'll start seeing is a, a lot of people who are early, you know, they came on years ago, well, their kids are now at the point where they want to start taking them in and getting them in the mom and dad's world. So you're going to see a lot of families in there. I think it's going to be kind of like eye opening, like, wow, I mean, it's rowdy, but you have this family segment, which we totally cater to because we're all you know, either like Al's a family man and, and things like that. So that's a, it's a huge component of who we are personally. Mm, that's such a great point. I love that. I look yeah. forward yeah. to ch chatting about that. Yeah, you'll get a yeah. lot of that. There's, you know, not to jump into the cruise stuff too soon or to peak too soon, but it is making waves <laughs> in the Shiprock podcast after all. Um, this can, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, before we started rolling, it's 13 years. So we have a good number mm -hmm. of our guests that have done five, six, seven of them. Some guests have done all of them, right? So there is that, there is a total family vibe to this thing. Like there are people, this is like a lot of people. I mean, a lot, I would say a good, at least a quarter, maybe a third of our guests get on board because they're going to see some people that they hung out with before. And these guys, on, on, they hung out with pre, on previous, you know, sailings, these folks, they go out to festivals together. They go out to, they meet each other at festivals in the parking lots and they throw big parties because they had this unifying event together. And it's like, they are part, they are part of their family now, you know? And I, and I will tell you this, and we'll, we say this to every, every one of the bands that plays on Shiprock. Once you play Shiprock and you go play your, you, you play your show anywhere in the country and sometimes even overseas, anywhere in the country, there's going to be a group of people with Shiprock gear in there. Oh, I've already seen that. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it just, gets, it just, it just gets more and more and better and better. So, uh, it's, it's a great community. And the fact that you're that much into family and all of our guests are too, is going to be, I am excited. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you. And it's, it's going to be a good time. Great time yeah. actually. Um, but speaking of family, now that we're here, um, my wife just moved, uh, changed jobs and she works from home now. So she's in the other room, right? There's a new dynamic here. <laughs> what 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 is it wow what, what and it's great but what is it like <laughs> to be a family man a husband a rock star while living by living with your partner and obviously someone you love and care about very much and creative and kids and like what what's the, what's the summary statement on your life being a family man husband creator while your spouse's spouse, wife, creator, like, well, what sure. Heck? How do y'all <laughs> sharing I mean, the like, stage? Yes. Is, yeah, sharing, I mean, it's a whole, <laughs> this is like uncharted territory for us. I don't think we've had this. I guess we have a couple times, but maybe not too, no, quite to the, to the we, scale. Uh, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> we're making waves no, in uncharted territory, man. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, here, <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, so so Skillet has been a band for 26 years. 
Um, we've been married for nearly 26 years. So almost from the beginning, um, we're, we were mar- a married couple on the road together. We have two kids. My kids are 20 and 17. My kids, uh, because my wife is in the band. So my kids were raised on the road and I've got all the sorts of funny stories <laughs> of having to live life together as a band, as a touring thing. And I got to say, it's made a it's made a huge, wonderful difference in so many positive ways. One of those ways is what what you just said. I think one of the things that happened on the road was Skillet. We would go tour with bands. My kids were small, so you're going on tour with a bunch of bands, and they, you go, oh my gosh, Skillet showed up. They've got these little kids. There there is an initial. I, I know reaction of this is a rock tour, and there's kid. What is this going to mean? There there may be that. But the truth is, is that the bands really like it. They very quickly begin to love the family atmosphere because there's always going to be different age groups on tour. Some of them go, man, I'd love to bring my kids on the road um, and maybe they could hang out with your kids or this or the other. But there's also something else that happens, even if people don't have children. When you're in a rock band on the road, it's very hard to find a stable, uh, just stability because you're, you're in a new city every day. You're being catered kind of literally every day. There's nothing routine about your life. And once you start seeing the same kids every day and you talk at catering and you get to to know what they like, all of a sudden people start finding out this is a stable life and I love this. It feels more like family. And so what what we found out was um in fact I got kind of a funny story. We were touring on a tour, I think it was called Avalanche Tour, if I remember correctly, and Stone Sour and I believe Hailstorm and and Skillet. And I can't remember who else uh right now. Um so sorry to any of the bands, but there's so many there's too many tours to remember all the bands. Yeah, yeah. But it was definitely those acts. And uh we were always looking for something to do on the road with the kids. So we would get chalk and we would we would make a four square thing out on the pavement outside the bus. And we'd play four square with the kids for something to do. And eventually some of the bands say, Hey, I want to play. We say, Come on in. And the next thing you know, you've got Hailstorm playing four square. And I'm not gonna lie. Those are some competitive Foursquare players. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Lizzie might seem nice, but she'll play some Foursquare, all right? So Lizzie's out. And all of a sudden, Stone Sour's playing Foursquare. And at some point, you know, Corey Taylor said he made it. I don't remember how he said it. He made a joke like, if fans only knew that the biggest addiction on this tour was Foursquare with, you know, the, all the bands and these kids they wouldn't believe it. So having kids on the road created an atmosphere for, for me that we were family. We were doing this and it kind of spread out because all of a sudden what you just said about Shiprock fans is true about Skillet fans. Skillet fans think that we're family. We found something in common and we don't maybe all agree on uh, religion. We don't agree on politics. We don't agree on uh, infinite amount of items. What we agree about is music that music brings people together and music makes people feel better when they're having a bad day. And that we're all looking for commonality. And, and, and right now, all of the things that we used to think we held in common, a lot of those things are splintering and people are finding it in music because we have this love of music. And for a little while, we, we don't care about the other stuff. So there's a family atmosphere that really just exploded onto the fans. And I think that having kids on the road just was such a stabilizing force for us personally and 
it, last thing, it made me a better businessman. It made me go, okay, this isn't just about having a killer song or trying my best to have a killer show. It's about running a business. It's about taking advantage of the things that you can so that you build something that lasts um, and something that you can be proud of and something you can do with your family, which makes sense why families would want to come to Shiprock because families that do things together and actually talk, you know, I was at a, an airport with my wife and my kids. We had flown down to see my family. We were at an airport having pizza and somebody came up, uh, uh, the waitress came up to me and said, your meal is free. And I said, well, our meal's free. What, what are you talking about? She said that that woman over there paid for your meal. And I said, why? She said, I said, did they know who we were? And she said, no, they have no idea who you were. But she said, she's never seen a family at dinner with no cell phones. Mm. So she bought her a meal. And I thought, <laughs> wow, go. this is absolutely insane. Yeah. So doing things with family is great, which makes sense. Go to a concert together. Go to yeah. Shiprock together. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. You got rewarded yeah, you twice know. there. You got a free meal and you got to uh, get your kids to Quality open Quality time. With you. Yeah, for sure. That's right. You know, sure. you know, John, you, you hit upon a point about the touring paradigm has changed so much in, in the days, you know, like, the, the, you know, drinking is kind of incurred by people getting people getting sober, you know, you're more apt to find a juicing and vegetables uh, machine backstage than you yeah. are to find like a beer <laughs> Uh, thing obviously they still cater to some of that but that atmosphere and the attitude of that is gone because people realize as much as people don't want to hear this has become more business structured as opposed to you know rock and roll lives now in the audience the audience is the rock and rollers as far as getting drunk and doing stupid silly things i mean it still happens in young bands who want to prove themselves per se uh, but it, it bringing families on, whether it's you guys or Iron Maiden or even Tom from Slayer was bringing his kids on the road. It's it's such a it's such a change thing, and I think it's definitely very positive. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think like for Skillet, you know, we toured with all sorts of bands, and you know, sometimes people are like, uh, they've asked me questions because I'm you know I'm outspoken about my faith, I'm unapologetic mm -hmm. about my faith. But I've toured with bands who um, are atheist, agnostic, or even, I would even say, um, maybe even anti-religious. In other words, you could be atheist, but not anti-religious. Mm -hmm. I've toured with people who are anti-religious and we're good friends. We have fun mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. They're not anti-me. They're not anti my family. You know, that's just their philosophy and we have fun. Some of those people have been addicts. They have abused their bodies with alcohol or drugs or whatnot. Some of them at one point had abused their body with alcohol and now they were in a remission period. And frankly, they they liked being on the road with Skillet because we weren't a band that uh, that partook of those things. And, and, and so it helped them in their recovery, you might say. But I've never yeah. held out any judgment over anything anybody's done backstage. That's their business. We're friends. We're on the road. We're going to be family no matter what you do. But 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 I think that the lifestyle, if I can say, the lifestyle speaks for itself because what you end up having, if you have a band that has had longevity for 20 years, more than likely, you're going to have people that if they partook in that lifestyle at one point, have curbed it to a ma major degree because it takes a toll on your body. It's just not actually healthy for you. It's going to be tough to sing like you'd sung when you were 20 years old 
at my age, which it's hard enough. Know, it's hard enough to do it without drugs and alcohol. It's hard enough to do it right. without it. And yeah. at some point you go, okay, there's a reason that, uh, oh my gosh, my mind is, is it, who, who's the, who's the oldest, uh, quarterback, uh, football guy that Tom always Brady. Tom. Thank you. Sorry. My mm-hmm. mind is right. There's a reason that Tom Brady can still do what he does. And, um, but because he's living a certain kind of lifestyle. So for me, it was never uh, about judging anyone else. It was about being myself and saying, for me, not living that lifestyle, there, there's there's an element to it about the things that I believe, but there's also a practical element that I would love to do this for 30 years if I'm that lucky, maybe 40 years if I'm even luckier. And I think eventually a lot of people go, you know what? That's not very conducive uh, for this. And, and, and to me, it becomes more about the music. So I kind of find it, for John Cooper, I find it more authentic for it to be about the music and not about the the the, the exploitation of certain vices. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be, you, you watch your audience paying 40 bucks for a ticket and you're stumbling over your amplifier. So. Oh, it's the worst, isn't it? I mean, we've yeah. all, well, I shouldn't say we've all because I don't know about we've everybody. Seen we've uh, seen them. A lot of us right. have seen it and you yeah. go, yeah. how come they can't remember their words? I mean, I yeah. can count... On, on one hand, I can count the number of times I've forgotten my lyrics. So it's really funny. I remember saying this to uh, the guy that signed, Jason Flom is who signed Skillet to Lava Records, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So Lava. Oh, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of, so was this, they part of Atlantic? Atlantic? Was that part Atlantic. of the Yeah, they were. Yeah. That's right. They were through Atlantic and, and Lava was killing it. I mean, oh, they yeah. had Matchbox 20, yep. Kid Rock. I mean, they were they were crushing it. Mm-hmm. And uh Jason Flom, I remember talking to him and 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 for people that want, you know, the inside baseball of the music industry, Jason Flom's a huge guy in the business. All right. I mean, he I'm 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 sitting here thinking, I can't believe I'm talking to Jason Flom. We're a little independent artist that has uh, no reason he should even know who we are. And he's also, though, very straightforward. And he's like, so tell me this then. The, why should I sign a Christian band? What does it mean if I'm signing a Christian band? And I said. The first thing that came to my mind, I said, this is in 2003. I said, well, I think what it means is this. I'm always going to show up on time. I'm never going to be drunk for a performance. I'm never going to get in a fight with one of the bands over who is uh, you know, sleeping with who and starting a fist fight. I'm always going to be the hardest worker you have because I don't think I'm working um, to glorify you, I'm working to glorify God, which is a a bigger calling as far as I'm concerned. So, mm-hmm. in other words, what I do matters more to me than it's ever going to matter to you. So, what what that means is you can count on me to 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 be somebody that is a man of my word. And I don't know if you can count on it for anybody else, but you can count on it for me. And he started like, ah, he said, ah, well, that sounds good enough for me. <laughs> So we got signed to Lava Records, and maybe that was a good answer. I don't know, but we got signed to Lava Records. It, the rest sound, of it sounds like it was the right answer for sure. <laughs> All right, do you, do I get you, a, I, hey, Before we get off off that off the family topic, I want to. I, I do have one. I have a question. Um, seventeen. Your kids are seventeen and twenty. Have they made the critical decision to be in the music business, or have they? Are they smarter than their parents? <laughs> they are definitely. <laughs> They are definitely smarter than their parents. Um, they, they are not going into the music industry. Um, but having said that, they're not overly musical anyway. Hmm. And, but I got to be honest. I mean, uh, I, didn't, I didn't overly care 
what what they were good at. I was like, hey, if you're if you love music and if you're good at it, you you do your thing. But I yeah. will be honest to say, it's kind of a relief to me um, because people. In fact, somebody just came to me last night. They said, John, like, I need advice. I just met him for the first time, and at, we were out at a restaurant. I like your music. Give me how do I start? And I said, I I don't good know luck. how you start. Don't have, yeah. If it was 1998, I could tell you. If it's 2005, I could tell you. 2010, maybe. I don't know how you start them. Mm -hmm. I am semi-relieved because it's all different now. Do you guys remember? I mean, this is outside of our world because you know we all deal in rock music. But do you remember about six months ago, there was a pop artist, um, and I can't remember her name right now. She's she's massive. Oh gosh, what is her name? Um, I can't even remember a song that she sings, so it makes me sound stupid. Whatever her name is, she's a massive pop artist. And she was complaining that she wanted to release her single, but the label said that they were holding her single until she, quote, made news on TikTok. Do you guys remember this? I don't remember this, but it doesn't sound, it sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Well, whoever it is, all right, we're talking about not just one of the biggest pop artists in America. We're talking about one of the biggest artists in the world. And I can't remember her name because I always forget pop music. But the point is, is, um, um, I, it was funny because we hear this all the time in music, even in rock music now. It's like, well, we're not sure what's happening on TikTok. Which one of your songs is getting traction on TikTok? What, all of a sudden, we, we, nobody knows what's going to work. And so these social media outlets are holding such an incredible amount of, of sway over how something is going to break or whether it's going to break. But for a lot of us, we know that, that that's not actually real life. Just because something's happening on a particular social media outlet does not mean that's actually what's happening with your own fan base. And so all of a sudden, you, you don't know who to listen to. And I, I called my manager after I read this article. I said, dude, I can't believe I can't remember her. She's almost as big as like Lady Gaga. So it would be like me calling my manager and said, hey, dude, if it's happening to Lady Gaga, then what chance does any new artist, what chance do they have starting this out? It's a very different kind of a world. And I've just found you have to kind of navigate it the best you can serving your base. What do my fans want to hear from me? And if you live your life kind of submitted to, to these various trends, I'm just not sure that's going to work. For me, it absolutely does not work. So for me, I just go, I want to serve my fan base make the best music I can, make them happy. And if I do, then I kind of feel successful. Yeah. And the, and the, and that's a wonderful thing that you have and you've built, but the, right. But the question is for your kids, if they were assuming for a second, they were musical and did want right. to do this. It's like, okay, John uh, can serve his fans and create music that he knows his fans are going to enjoy and something he enjoys. What if you don't have any fans? What if you're just starting? Yes. Like, like, okay. And maybe do you take the same mindset and say, okay, you know what? My two friends really like this song. They said it was great. They shared it with two of their friends. Okay. I'm going to write something that they like and start with two and start with four, six, eight. Right. I mean, it's a different thing for you. Cause you're like, you have an established thing. You have an established brand. You have friends, you have a backbone, you, you know, you got support, but God, a new artist, like I, it blow. How do you even separate yourself yeah. from the millions and millions of other? And then a lot of it, it's like there's TikTok stars, there's Instagram stars that don't really have any, in my opinion, any real talent other than their marketing ability. And maybe they're good looking people. 
You know, it's yeah, like I know it's what a you real, mean. like and, and real music artists have to compete with that that instantaneous thing. And it's like, you know, I tell my I tell my kids, I have a, a 13 year old and a 15 year old. And they have their earbuds in and they're listening to music. I'm like, what are you listening to? My daughter was listening to Aerosmith the other day. Janie's got a gun. I'm like, okay, we're okay. <laughs> everything's everything's go, everything's okay. My son's favorite band is Queen. I'm like, okay, we're good. And uh, but they have they listen with their with their earbuds, you know. And I'm like, hey, listen however you want, but just know that these people worked really hard and to get meticulous on guitars and drums and mixes and frequencies and all these talented people. It's like, don't waste the experience on your earbuds. Listen to it with earbuds because it's convenient. I get it. I do it. But man, just maybe get the headphones that I bought you and plug them in and like really <laughs> listen to music, right? Because It's kind of off the topic, but it's like, I'm glad that they're listening to the right music or at least it's very musical. But at the same time, it's like there's another level of listening that I'm trying to get my kids to pay attention to, right? <laughs> is like now, respect, respect the respect the whole. If you're going to love that artist, respect the try to respect the whole process of what it took, right? Just because I've been back there so many times in the studio with artists, or you know, helping songwriters craft a song, that kind of thing. That it's like there's so much work that it's. I find it slight, not disrespectful because they're listening to the music, but it's like, man, you're kind of missing out unless you get the full audio experience here, you know, and <laughs> just, just, just a little thing that I'm, I'm trying to steer my kids to the next place of listening. Right. I do know what you mean. I, I mean, I think that that's even a larger conversation about the nature of technology and uh, just how culture, I mean, it's just so very different. In other words, you could extrapolate that conversation onto the the wider uh, the wider topic of becoming excellent at something. You know, um, people want things instantaneous, and and of course, why why wouldn't they? They they have it right here. They have it on their phone. You can do anything you want to do. Boom, boom, boom. You don't even have to play an instrument these days to to make music. You can go on with technology and hit a button. Yeah, you know, G. It, well, actually, you don't even have to know it's a G or an A. Right. You can just right. hit that button and it sounds like this, you know. So I think that it's a larger conversation about learning how to um, appreciate the craft, uh, learning how to be excellent at doing something. And so I don't, I always tell people, look, maybe you shouldn't listen to my advice because I actually don't know what, what you should do to start a band these days. But my advice is still, if I was doing it and I, it was burning him, if I was 18 years old and it was burning in me and I just had to do it, I would do it on my own. I, I would not, I, I would not succumb to some sort of, you know, go, go after the pop thing or the whatever, because they end up putting you in strictures of what you are allowed to say, what you're allowed to sing, what you're the kind of music you're allowed to make. It's so, there's so many strictures. I would just want to do my own thing. I'd want to become excellent at my instrument. I would want to become the, the very best guitar player I could be, the very, very best producer. And I would learn how to do all these things on my own so that I don't have to, to, to say, well, I can't make, I, I know so many musicians that say, I've got these songs, but nobody's ever going to hear them because I can't get them recorded. I go, dude, you record them. It's not hard to learn. You have the technology now. Um, I get it. It's a new skill, but I wouldn't trust anybody else. Learn how to do it yourself. Record a low-budget version on your own at your house. 
start your social media and you're not beholden to anyone. You can say whatever you want to say. And the interesting ideas are going to eventually see some sort of light of day. You just have to have something interesting to say. And if you're not saying something interesting, then why do I want to listen to you? You know, mm -hmm. so say something interesting, say something you believe in. And sometimes it's, it, that's what people are looking for. Say something that's different. If you believe it, people will believe it when you sing it. And yeah. so I don't know if that's good advice. That's just the way that I would do it. If I was a young person, it may not work. And it's, it, it, and, and you are not guaranteed success. You're not owed success. You're not entitled to it, but you're in America, which means you got to, you at least have the freedom to try. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I love it when they ask, well, I, I don't love it when they ask, but when the question is, well, how do I, def how do I create my own sound? I want to be, I want to be something different. And I find that to be a really, I find it's almost amusing to me how simple the answer is because <laughs> like there's 6 billion people on the earth and everybody is distinctly different out of 6 million. There's similar personality traits and that kind of thing, but I always say, you know, managing young artists and going through that, it's like, listen, all you have to do is be yourself and you will separate. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're, you're 100% right. I mean, I, what it comes down to, in my view, and I'm not trying to be rude to anybody's, you know, generation or their, you know, all those young kids. I'm not saying that. It's just different. And they've grown up in such a different world. The question when they say, how do I create my own sound really is kind of synonymous with, how do I become famous? Yeah, a little bit, right? How do yeah. I become successful? Yeah. How do I how do I become a big singer? And and the answer that we grew up with was just different. It was like you do it by screwing up. You do it by trying. Like mm -hmm. for instance, uh, this great beautiful wall you see behind me of wood. I built this myself. Um, I'm not a carpenter. I decided I, I want to kind of learn how to do a little bit of carpentry because I respect it. I like it. I don't really know how to do it. And I built this beautiful, cheap uh, backdrop you see behind me. I stained all the pieces myself. I did it all with my bare hands. I learned to do it because I tried and I screwed up the first 10 times and it looked terrible and nobody would ever like it. And I learned how to do it myself and to craft it. That's just not the generation. And I think that that's the downside of technology. The good side is we have all this stuff that we're capable of. The bad side is that we lean on all the technology. And now we don't really know how to play our instruments very well. And so when somebody comes to a skillet show, I don't know how many people tell me, John, I had no idea you guys were such good musicians. And the the funny thing to me is to to be 100% honest with you i'm a good musician i'm not an amazing musician like i i'm not getty lee on bass but i'm pretty i'm pretty good because i've been doing it for a long time but i grew up in a time when i couldn't play my bass parts by hitting buttons on a computer i had to play my bass parts mm -hmm. and and i think that sometimes when people just hear your band they assume that you're not actually playing those things they assume that you're I don't know what they assume, but when we do it live, they're going, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could play all of that. And I'm like, of course we play all of that. So it's a mm -hmm. funny, it's a funny thing that's happening. I, so I tell people, don't rely on technology to make you good. Learn how to be good by being willing to suck. Dare to suck. Okay. Dare yeah, to put yourself out there. T-shirt. We got it. it is, it's funny talking about technology and kids nowadays. One thing I want to go back to just what my heart dropped about two weeks ago and I'll name names. So I come up to the venue and I, 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 I wasn't familiar with the artist playing. I just knew the name. 
and I saw two semis. And I was like, went up to one of the people. I said, who is this? It's like, got young gravy. I'm like, who is it? He's like a YouTube star. I'm like, why does he have two semis? Well, one's the show and one's merch. Mm. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> Man, it was like, frightening. It's frightening. I mean, that much merch. I, it was just like my heart dropped. And I was like, and then the audience was full. And I'm like, you know, I'm just looking at the show. I'm going, they just know something I don't. But I also know something they don't. And uh, I know a lot of things they don't. But um, going back to using the, the fact that this last year in 2022, physical sales of albums are the highest it ever been since their heyday in the late 70s is a kind of a nice pushback against technology, mm. I think, for kids buying. Because the age range, too, was like, I think the grouping of like the highest buyer of albums was like 14 to 30. As far oh, as ages. really? Wow. Yeah. It wasn't just people rebuying albums they've had 20 times over. These were like new buyers. But what do you usually do? You're usually buying old, older physical albums, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, really yeah, fascinating. Yeah. I yeah. wonder, well, listen, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, real quick. And with, you know, with Al's kids listening to Queen and Aerosmith at their ages, I'm like, you know, it's like it, even there's, there's outlier kids like his because they grew up in a musical family. But I mean, and yours too. They, you know, they may not be musicians per se, but I'm sure, I'm sure they have good taste in music. Absolutely. You know that mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I always told people, I always told people like, it, it, at some point, my kids are going to find out how awesome their parents are. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course, but uh, <laughs> like, how cool this life is. I mean, yeah. my, my kids have been in festivals with Ozzy Osbourne, mm -hmm. you know, they've been next to Alice Cooper's dressing room and sharing the stage with, um, Iron Maiden and, and Black Sabbath and and then of course every other you know touring band of, of our era you know everybody you name them we've we've toured with them probably and um, so they've grown up with it and so but but they still know something you know I I tell this really funny story of the first day um, we toured I can't remember which tour this one might have been Uproar. It might have been uproar, which I believe was Godsmack closing. This was years and years, 2014. And uh, Seven Dust was on the tour. I remember being in catering day one of the tour. And it was one of those catering events where we were right behind the stage. So and it was underneath bleachers. And so the catering room was like reverberating with sound. Like you could barely hear each other. Seven Dust came on and started playing. They ended their first song. And my son, who at the time was, gosh, he was probably nine. He looks at me and he says, that's definitely the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I says, day one touring with Seven Dust. Get used to it. It's going to be two months, yeah. son. Yeah. And then the next song, he said, okay, maybe that one's even better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's with Seven good. Dust anyway, right? Yeah. What, yes. what, do your, what do your kids' friends think of, the, of their, you know, your, you guys? What do, you, what, what do their friends think? Like, well, your parents are like rock band and they play these festivals. What, right. I'm always curious. I know what you mean. I, it is kind of funny because the kids are so, it really is such a different world. So my daughter is 20. And so, you know, she's a typical 20 year old girl. You know, she loves pop music and, and hip hop and rap, you know, and, and stuff that everybody her age likes. And so yeah. her kids, her kid, uh, her friends, excuse me, her kids, her friends uh, know whose skill it is. But the thing that they usually say, this is funny, the thing that her friends usually think is, 
your parents are so nice because in their minds, when they see a, a rock video of, of Skillet, you know, they're not used to rock music. And so we look like, you know, rock music is aggressive and it's loud, it's angry and rock music is supposed to be angry. And so they wonder if when they meet us, if we're going to be like angsty, (laughs) angsty. And and I think they're like, they're such nice people (laughs) because in their minds, rock equals angry. And that's the funny thing is, you know, most most rock musicians sure. you meet are not actually not angry at all. Um, and so it's a, it's a funny disconnect between the generations of when they, when they see, I think the younger generation, when they see people that are, who are passionate and loud, they tend to get a little bit uh, fragile might be the word, you know, they, they mm-hmm. tend to get a little bit, are people, are people angry? I don't want anybody to get mad. And they're not used to that sort of passion. And so they go, your, your, your parents are so nice. And it's it's always kind of funny, I guess. I think we've, I think we've landed no, on. I think we've landed on two T-shirts. Okay, don't be afraid to suck. An angsty dad. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. those Angst- are two. Our two. Our two sellable T-shirts at this point. So angsty and approachable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that your your daughter like in pop. I, I fear. I don't. I fear a Harry Styles fan. Or fanatic, I should add, not fan, a fanatic over a metalhead. They're much more frightening. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, my daughter, <laughs> my, my daughter does not go for what I would call, uh, I mean, not to be rude to Harry Styles, but whatever the <laughs> trends are, she's not into yeah. the trendy stuff. Mm-hmm. She will be more into stuff that's like in like indie like so it's pop music that is also sure. indie and and eclectic stuff um but if you were to ask her what's your favorite record of all time she probably would say like U2 War so she likes okay. things that are are yeah. indie and emotional and these days there's a lot of indie you could definitely hear U2 and and some of those influences in a lot of the indie stuff that is crossing over to pop and then bringing in influences of hip hop and stuff. So it makes it kind of eclectic um, and things. So you're absolutely right. If you're looking at like the diehard, like tr- basically the fans of, of, of those kind of artists are also just, the, they're the mob. They're like the new yeah. mob, right? Yeah, and it's right. more of a pop. It's more of a pop culture thing than a music thing at that point because there's such a yeah. personality yes. and such a career and such a a massive awareness of those people. It's not just about the music. Yes, it's when like when said, a tool yeah. tool out. What did who did tool outsell? Was it Taylor Swift a couple of years ago? Wasn't it like two years ago or something? Yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and all their fans were all all her fans were like really pissed off they're like who is tool who yeah. is this and look and look there was uh, there was a time for 20 years none of us knew who tool were we were yeah. we were all fans but and that was the beauty of that band right it wasn't about what they looked like it wasn't i mean i didn't know what i didn't know what they looked like i mean i kind of i know what keenan looks like but i don't really couldn't call out the rest of the guys in the band at this point you can go find it online i'm sure oh man 19 yeah. 1995 tool and helmet yeah. Um, I mean, Min- that ministry was, for me. Ministry, ministry was, was yeah. yeah, cool. It was, that was a great era for a new sort of um, heavy in a different way, heavy, right? You know, it, it was, was darker. Jazz, yeah, jazzy and dense. Dense is a great, dense is a good word. <laughs> dense yeah. is a great uh, word. Well, That's so going back, so, so let me, let me go back then. I fear Radiohead fans more than I do metalheads. Yes, absolutely. 
one hundred percent. Radiohead fans are so committed. They are. Uh, they, they, they they love Radiohead so much that they hate everyone else, right? And right. So if if you don't love Radiohead with the devotion that we do, you're you're some sort yeah. of of heretic. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, you're, right. you're, you're right. kicked out of the community. You got to put a scarlet letter on your chest or something. And the other one, and the other one, the exact, the inverse of that is why do people hate Nickelback so much? I, I just, I just, oh, dude, I love Nickelback. I um, just don't get it. Great, get it. great band. Great band. It became, it became a thing where it was cool to hate them. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that at some point when you have so much success, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So ubiquitous. You can't go anywhere without hearing that band's song. It just became kind of the easy thing to hate and want to go away. But the truth is Nickelback is awesome. There's a reason that you can't walk out of your door without hearing a Nickelback song. Cause they have mm -hmm. so many hits. We toured with Nickelback in Europe and um, it, it it was the best we have ever been treated by any band on planet Earth. And I brag about Nickelback all the time um, because they treated us so very well. So a uh, shout out to Nickelback. <laughs> I love it. Hey, real real quick, when you were, same question I'm going to ask you that I was hoping that Jason Flom had asked you when you walked into his office, like, where did the name Skillet come from? <laughs> why, why Skillet? Were you, were you a culinary person? What's going uh, on? Right. I usually tell people, and, and you guys get it, you have, to, you have to put yourself in the headspace of the 90s, okay? Because the 90s was a really interesting time, right? Because the 90s sure. was a... Sure. It was such a pendulum from the 80s. Uh, eight, mm. You know, so 1988, 89, 1990... Everything was about excess, right? Just larger than life and and leather, hair. Everything was about the good life. And then all of a sudden the 90s hit. And when you really started seeing the change, I think, and for the most part was, well, of course, Nirvana. You know, you, I mean, really, if, if you want to sum up, if you want to sum up the, the 1990s, it's found in, in these four lines. Um, I find it hard. It's hard to find. Oh well, whatever. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Though that is the '90s, and all of a sudden it became cool. Basically, nihilism became cool. Nothing really matters anyway. The excess of the '80s is ridiculous. Everybody's acting like if, if as long as you have all the money and all the whatever, that your life is going to be perfect. It's all a lie. It's it's an illusion. This is also what gave us the book Fight Club and the film Fight Club. Mm -hmm perfectly sums up the time and all of a sudden what was cool was for bands to have uh you know album uh band names that didn't mean anything you know mm -hmm. they, they, or they were just weird it was like the dumber the better the the more insignificant the better and so all of a mm -hmm. sudden there's all these dumb and so we start our band and somebody said hey you're all, Skillet was a side project of different bands. And they said, you're all from different bands. It's like taking all these ingredients out of a skillet and or uh, uh, sorry, taking all these ingredients out and throwing it into a skillet and making something new. And somebody said, dude, you should call it skillet. That'd be funny. And I was like, okay, because it doesn't matter anyway. It's the nineties. <laughs> yeah. So that's the name. <laughs> was a uh, blender not available? The blender would have been an even worse name than skillet. Maybe unless you spelled it, unless you did the corn thing where you spell it with a backward L, 
in a back put an umlaut somewhere. Yeah, put an umlaut yeah, over somewhere. You take out the e, b l e n d r, and the r is backwards. Yeah. But here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why it's a good thing because you know what you get some reviewer going should have called it blunder because this album sucks. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you gotta yeah. watch for those yeah. little. You gotta watch for those forks in the highway. <laughs> a merely two-word <laughs> review. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, oh, speaking John, of haze. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you hit something real quick. I gotta ask you since that it's almost like shit sandwich. I thought you're gonna go. So I'm gonna ask another spinal tap thing. When you guys did the Air Force thing, did you run into the situation they did on the Air Force base where you were having radio comms coming over your wireless? Right, right, right. I'm so glad that you picked up on the spinal tap. That's how I know that all of us are long lost friends, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, well, thankfully. No, we did not, but we have had that happen. Every band has had that happen at multiple venues. So mm -hmm. that's what's so absolutely brilliant, as I'm sure you've heard out every other artist say about the film Spinal Tap. There's never a day on the road. There's never a day that goes by without a Spinal Tap moment. And sure, somebody sure. on the tour will say, that's our Spinal Tap moment for the day. I mean, yeah. it's... It's one of the most genius things ever made because it's so very true. Getting lost, but beneath the uh, the, the, the stage, at the <laughs> Cleveland Agoria. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Hello Cleveland. Cleveland. I can't find you yet. Yeah, been there. Been, we've all been there, right? <laughs> yes, anyway, we have. John, we've so had you for. Uh, we've had. Well, you I just want to ask him. I yeah, said, I said, you're coming on the cruise. Is this your first cruise ever to do as a performer or just as a cruiser? All right, I have. Um, all right. Let's take the latter. It's not a trick question. First, the 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 the, uh, 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 the latter part first. I have been on lots of cruises because cruises are one of my favorite things on planet Earth to do. It's always a joke with my wife because my wife is um, I'm from the South and I I fully admit and I fully celebrate that I am a redneck. I love everything to do with redneck stuff. I love it. WWE buffets monster trucks nascar Shot, shotguns shotguns everything about the south i you know i pretty me, much dig and too. going on a cruise is so awesome i also like it because when you go on a cruise you turn off your cell phone and it doesn't matter what happens in the real world you can't get you can't get in touch with me. I'm on a cruise and I need to be left alone. Do not talk to me. So anyway, even, I love I love it. Even if it's on a cell service, it's so shoddy. You might as well yeah. just not have it. On. Yes, anyway. that's right. And so, so I love it. So in like, terms now, of in terms of performing, I've hmm. I've been on one cruise where we okay. performed on the cruise, only one. And so I'm hmm. looking forward to to being, and I'm also looking forward to it. By the way, because I live in Wisconsin. It's already snowing here, all right? Mm. So I already need a cruise. Already I need it, and I need yeah. it to come quickly. Well, we have we have the, the pill. We have the cure for what ails you, for sure. <laughs> we're we're going to pull this off, for sure. So we've had you for about an hour. I want to... Um, want We do a, a little segment where we close with, it's called Walk the Plank, and it should be self-explanatory. Oh, baby, I'm ready. If you... Let me see here. Which one do I want to go with? I'm going to go with, if you had to live as an animal for one year, which one would you choose and why? Lion. Nobody messes with the lion. He didn't even, he doesn't even really have to do anything. He, he, he's, you know, he, like people, people might mess, mess with you and he doesn't even really even get angry because he's too lazy. 
you know, just sits there until you have to get angry, and then he just freaks out and he and, and he takes care of business on everybody up in here. Right. So you think, that's you, you think the lion's just sitting there thinking, "Come at me, bro." Yeah, I think he's like no. Yeah, it, or he's thinking nobody's gonna come at me because I'm the king. I'm the king up in this piece. Nobody's gonna come. I got everything I need, and, and and you're not even worth messing with until you're worth messing with, and then he freaks out. Love it. Yeah. John, my question is this: is more music centric. What song has the deepest emotional response for you? Is that my own or any song? No, ever? no, no any outside song of ever. your own. Yeah, any song ever. That's right. Here we go. Oh man. There's too many. I I don't even know what to choose. I'm on the I'm, I'm first one that plank. made you cry. The first I'm one that made you plank. cry. Yeah, well, I gotta I gotta tell you, I love uh, this. Is nobody's gonna get this, but I love Purple Rain uh, from Prince. Everybody gets that. Uh, oh, if good. You, okay, I good. Get, I totally. I I got you. I don't know. I don't even know what it is, and and nobody even knows what Purple Rain actually is, except we know what it is. <laughs> then that's the beauty about of music. I mean, that's the beauty of writing a lyric that th that can mean something different to every person. It's completely subjective, and that's why you can have all these different kinds of people coming together that that might not agree on anything but but they love this song because that's what that song means to me and it but it can mean something different to someone else and we don't have to agree but we're we're in this moment we're unified because we dig the song purple rain was a time in my life that was quite difficult uh my mom uh, my mom died when I was 14 and I was fighting with my dad I was uh um angsty and approachable and full of rage. I was mad. I was, what is life about? And that was one of those songs that even though I don't know what Prince means by Purple Rain, but I know what it means to me. And so um, that, in fact, that entire record is one of my favorite records of all time. And, um, and I have found that for the most part, other rock musicians when they're choosing their 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 favorite records, lots of people will have Michael Jackson or Prince in those because mm -hmm. the the genius of those artists was that it was uh, they were crossing lots and lots of boundaries. It wasn't just pop like pop is today. It's pop. It was R and B. It was funk. It was rock. It was jazz. It was it was every, blues. It was all together. And rock musicians, you know, used to like that. Plus. The performance by Prince at the Super Bowl is one of the awesomest things I have ever. Did anybody have any idea Prince could shred like that? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Holy Only smokes. on that. Did he do the? Is that the Rock? Remember when he did the Rock Hall when he did uh, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps"? And yeah, like, Tom Tom Petty was like, "I'm, what, I'm leaving." What, what, yeah, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me true. ask you. Let me ask you both about the song "Purple Rain." Is the outro too long? No, absolutely not. No, I mean there's right. but there's a radio there's a radio version too, right? All right, can I get the three minute and twelve uh, second? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I will tell you this, and John, John, you've probably done this, but uh, I don't know, maybe six months or so ago, my little cover band had a gig, and and I I played the first I played the the first chord, and the band just started playing. We never played it before, and I mean. 
there's something there's just something cool about playing that song it's just you probably jumped into that for no reason spontaneously just been like oh all of a sudden we're playing purple rain and it's like the ending is where it's at like oh if you yeah got a, if you got good musicians around you it's like the drummer takes you to a different place the guitar player can shred you can vamp some vocal stuff it's like it's it's a fun song to play man you know what man it's because See, I thought we were almost done, and now you got me talking. It's your fault. <laughs> you guys did this to me. <laughs> but it, here's why, man. And and I know we're about to get philosophical, and and this is for everybody. Are we still on the? Are we still on Purple Rain? Are we talking about the album or the song? The song. <laughs> Buckle up, Justin. Buckle up. We could talk about Computer Blue or something. That's quicker. Buckle. Oh. Well, well, we could talk about. <laughs> but this is music in general. It's because okay. music is spiritual. And that's the thing. I, and so somebody can be agnostic, atheist, whatever they are. Everybody knows there's something spiritual about music. It is supernatural. It's the reason you hear it and you get emotional. You don't know why. It, it might make you happy. It might make you sad. It might make you want to drive your car really fast. It does something to you that you cannot explain, which puts it in the supernatural category. Prince tapped in to the spiritual side of that to a degree that most of us <laughs> would be very uncomfortable yeah. tapping into. And he said, no, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm going full in. And that makes Prince a very strange individual, but a genius artist, right? Some people, they just go to this other world and they're doing this thing. The end of Purple Rain is amazing because, you know, we write songs and structures and you have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. We write it in a structure because that's what makes sense to our brain, which is really good. But when you have an extended outro, all of a sudden you are outside of structure and you feel a little bit disorderly. And now all of a sudden you are able to enter into this sort of what I would consider this sort of spiritual if you will, the spiritual realm of music without structure. Some people get uncomfortable with that, but it takes you to an emotional place where all of a sudden you're you're kind of like you're kind of set free. And that's the reason, in my view, that a lot of your kind of, I would call them the druggy hippie bands never had structure. You know, whether you're talking about Grateful Dead, Fish, or uh, any of Wide that. Spread, the, yeah. Yeah, the jam bands. You you have all of that time because frankly, there was a lot of <laughs> other things happening that, that were mind expanding and all of a sudden it was taking you to places and you're into this spirit. And I'm not saying people should do that, but I'm saying there's a reason that that goes together because music is actually spiritual. And that means something to me on a religious level, because if you look at the Jewish text, I mean, the Jews have known this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And that, and that goes for other religious texts as well. So once again, we're still talking about something very inclusive. This isn't a particular thing to my particular religious belief. So everybody has kind of always known music is spiritual. It does something to us. That's the reason that you're jamming out to the end of Purple Rain mm -hmm. and, it, and you don't know why you, you kind of want it to keep going. Boom. There's my little there's my little sermon for you. You got me excited about Purple Rain and the power of music and I'm pumped up again. Next time I'm going to ask you what's your favorite color. Um <laughs> purple. So, purple shit. That reminds right me of Purple Rain. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah, roads lead sure. back to Purple Rain. <laughs> well, John, we've dominated your time speaking of your album domination. 
Yeah, is it Dominion? Dominion, sorry. God. Dominion, yeah, same feeling Dominion. though. Dominion same domination, yes, it's the same. Good. That's right, right. Uh, thank you for your for giving us part of your Monday. And um, yeah, we look forward to uh, having you guys in the boat, man. It's going to be a really great experience. A lot of great feedback when we announced you guys and we're super stoked because again, you guys are helping us expand our palette of the kind of acts we have and the bands we bring in. You guys, you guys are, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, it's, it's something that kind of fits in the natural flow of what we're doing. Right. And yeah. uh, you guys being on board and, and such a positive outlook on things like that, it's going to be, it's going to be super nice to have you guys there. Um, congratulations on 2022 so far. And obviously going forward in, in 23 with the uh, rock resurrection tour. Thank you so much. I sure had a great time. I'll see you very soon with some Absolutely. decent weather. Finally, <laughs> yes. Finally. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And we look forward to seeing all of them. Yes, likewise, guys. Thank you so That's much. Great. All right. Thank you, John. All right. Thank Peace, y'all. Thanks, John. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.